This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. And of course, we've got a short show because of Mariner baseball. Yankees on the field with the Mariners at 10 o'clock. And of course, uh, so pregame starts at 9. So we have one hour, one hour to uh, get your calls in, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's waste no time and get into headlines. Well, the Mariners had to go 11 innings and end up losing 3-2 to two in the bullpen. I mean, I don't know about Castillo. Right now he comes out and uh, in the eighth inning, walks three consecutive batters, gives up a run. I know he got a double play, but I mean, right now Kendall Graveman has been so much better than him. I mean, you still wonder. I know in the long run this is a good trade, but right now in the short run, I mean, you know, Castillo has not done well. And so uh, the Mariners now five games above 500. And you look at the fact that the Yankees and Boston and all these other teams right now are so far, a little bit ahead. It's going to be really tough to make a wild card uh, finish as far as where this is going to go for the Mariners. As far as football goes, oh, and let's go to the uh, over in uh, the Olympics. Uh, the U.S. basketball team ended up getting a three-point victory. Uh, Ken, you know, obviously, Kevin Durant was just sensational. And so now uh, a, a good win for the uh, basketball team as they're finishing up the Olympics. Olympics is going to be done tomorrow. And uh, U.S. Uh, women's team is going to be playing basketball today. So we'll see how that goes. But overall, at this stage, it looks like uh, you know, China is going to win the account with the gold medals and U.S. Because right now it's 37 to 31 or 32 as far as the gold medals with China having that, but U.S. having you know more than 100 total medals. So it's been it's been good, but probably not as good as you still like. And those are our headlines. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. I'm going to be a little bit shorter with the calls today because, again, we have Dave Grosby at 830. And uh, let's go to J.B. in Renton. Hey, J.B. Hey, Mr. Clayton, how are we doing this fine Saturday morning? Okay, friend? we got a lot lot going on on a short show. Yeah, it definitely does. Let's get right to it. You know, the U.S., as far as the gold medal, gold medal I think the Olympics are, are kind of weary this year. Don't you think it's, it's a little different? Oh, yeah, it's no not doubt. The same. Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, because, I mean, you know, they probably would have had, I mean, some of the uh, the best uh, runners, you know, they ended up having positive tests, so they weren't able to participate for the U.S. And then, of course, you know, one of the best Olympians, I mean, she had mental problems, and so, uh, you know, she pulled herself out of all but one uh, event. So it's like, uh, you can see, yeah, it was just a little bit short. And, of course, I mean, you know, the whole, the whole thing is just so different because of what's going on with the, uh, you know, w- w- with everything. Uh, so, yeah, but they made it through. I mean, at least they had it, uh, even though there was still positives and everything else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, right quick, Josh Allen. How do yeah. you like that deal, Mr. Clayton? Uh, it came in better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, because, wow. Because here's Dak Prescott. He gets $40 million and, you know, $43 million for Josh Allen. And you go, whoa, how is that? And so it's like now now you wonder, you know, what Baker Mayfield's gonna be able to get and what some of these other young quarterbacks are gonna be able to get. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of a young quarterback, the kid over there with the forty ers lands. Yeah. You know, my uh Kyle Shanahan said he's gonna he's gonna have he's going to play for us this year. 
Mm-hmm. What does he mean? Well, what he, mean, what he means right now is it's going to be kind of like a uh, Taysom Hill type of thing where there's going to be certain plays, you know, running type plays and things of that nature because of his speed that they're going to put him on the field. So, you know, what they'll do is mix him in kind of like Taysom Hill and some of the guys like that. So I think that's what the plan is right now. But he's picking things up so quickly. you got to wonder, it's like, you know, the more he does, is he going to do a little bit more than that? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback, but Jimmy's not that mobile. But when they want to have, you know, because so, you could see just the, in one of the practices the other day, on the first practice of the day uh, and the first play of the day, they had him out there and he was, uh, you know, taking a running play that they have never installed. And so they're putting things into the offense that they hadn't done before. And that's because of uh, Trey Lance and how good and promising he is. Wow, that's pretty impressive to see him come there. You know, you know all the, all the situations he was dealing with as far mm-hmm. as you were talking about him coming from a not a very competitive area area in college football and coming here and picking up quick. That's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, but again, North yeah. Dakota, North Dakota State is one that uh, you can say it's not competitive, and I mean it did produce Carson Wentz. Carson yeah. Wentz came from the same school. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, they got a five-line of quarterbacks. Yeah, over there right yeah, now. that's two first-rounders out of there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the Saints brought Quan Alexander back. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not. So, uh, I, 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 I just look at him as being an injury problem. I mean, you know, yeah. he he was great when he was in Tampa Bay, and then he goes to San Francisco, and then gets injured, 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 and he goes to New Orleans, and he's injured, injured, injured. I, I just get the feeling at this stage that even though he's still young, his body's just not there. Yeah, I, I think because of the position that he plays, he plays mm-hmm. the linebacker spot. You know, in college he was a safety, then they moved him to linebacker, kind of like a, a, a you know, kind of like a hybrid linebacker safety right. situation. And I think he just—I mean, if he's walking around at two thirty, it's amazing. Because mm-hmm. he played in college at one ninety, two hundred. You know, sometimes your body type is not built for what position that you should play. Right. Agreed. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a you know, and uh, what, what, I mean, because yeah, but you you look at like he, and then even when. Uh, D. Ford in San Francisco. I mean, just look at these yeah. guys. It's like, uh, you know, they get there and they're always hurt. Yeah, like D. Ford. I mean, geez, when, yeah. when did you last see him on the field? Well, I mean, I still remember they paid him $17 million a year, and he didn't. He went to San Francisco, didn't start, and then played like 23 24% of the snaps because of his knee problems. Wow. I just bad. Yeah. Right, good, Mr. Clay? The Hall of Fame is this today and tomorrow. Right. Wow. I mean, well, you know. We what was it? Like there's 28 guys being pulled in? 28? Yeah. Uh, and you're going to sit in front of the television and watch mm-hmm. it all. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's a lot of guys. You know, you, you got to give hats off to guys like Dale Collins. Peyton Manning is going in. Charles Woodson is going in. Right. I mean, you know, I, I mean, Big, Big Johnson, Big Wide Receiver. Harold Carmichael. That's a blast from the past. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Harold Carmichael is going in. Because he was one of the first, he was one of the first tall receivers in the league. Uh, he's it, it was it was just you know he was one of the last few receivers that used to, when a receiver used to line up and put their hand on the ground. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't remember. Yeah, but it's, it's a it's a great class. I mean, again, it's the combination of uh, two years of voting. 
Uh, also, the combination of getting you know the 100 year uh, voting we had, and so it's like uh, it's just amazing. But boy, I mean, if they go longer than five minutes on the speech, it's going to be a mess. Oh, it's going to be a long day. It's got Jimmy Johnson going yeah. in, one of the few coaches to win national titles and Super Bowl. Yeah, Bill Cowher. Yeah, yeah, and you know, let's not forget about the Tom Flores. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Tom Flores played, played, coached, right, I mean, and won a Super Bowl. I mean, he's, you know, Bill Cowher. I mean, that's the one that I want to hear. Yeah. I mean, I wish we could go back to when he played, when he was coaching football, or whatever. Just mm-hmm. you know, the fire and fury and just going off on it. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's going to be very interesting to see that today and tomorrow. Yeah. What you take away from the Pittsburgh Dallas Hall of Fame? Not much. I mean, uh, ha- Dwayne Haskins looked pretty average to me. Uh, I think you can see the Steelers are going to run the ball well. I think you can see that the Cowboys uh, still have some issues on defense, even though, again, they didn't play their starting defense. But, again, it's like that first preseason game, particularly the Hall of Fame game, you don't get to see a lot of players. I mean, you, you see a lot of players, you just don't get to see a lot of starters. Hey, JB, thank you for the phone call. Mr. Clayton, we'll talk next Saturday, my friend. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Mike in Renton. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. Good. How's the wife? Uh, fine. Good, good. Hey, John, did you happen to look at the uh, Hall of Fame game? Yeah, off and on. Yeah. What do you think? You know what I think? I like what I see in the running backs. We're yeah. deep. There's some kids that really stuck out in my mind. I like this kid, McLeod, mm-hmm. and I also like this kid, McFarlane. Yeah. They got that burst that reminds me of Jerome Bettis. Just take it, bam, hit mm-hmm. that hole and go. And I like that. And I also think I think they're going to run the ball again a lot this year. Oh, what no, do you think, no, John? no question, no question. I mean, some people were even thinking that Najee Harris is going to get more than twenty carries a game. Boy, he looked good, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's impressive. He's a three-down back, isn't he, John? No question, no question oh. about it. Oh, he could catch the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. they're, they're, they're they're going to be a running team. What do you think of James Washington asking uh, to be traded? I don't know what he's thinking. Be yeah. careful what you wish for. I know. <laughs> the grass is not greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, he he's, he ought to rethink that, you know. He ought to look at uh, Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> look at the outcome with him. I know. I mean, Le'Veon's <laughs> still dumb? out of the league. He hasn't got a job yet. Yeah. I don't think no one's going to touch him. I would agree. I just yeah. think he's lost his interest for the game. Yeah, he's made enough money. He figures I don't want, I don't need to play anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, John, I'll let you go and let someone else talk. Okay, sounds good. Take eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. John Clayton Show seven ten ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on seven ten ESPN Seattle and seven ten Sports dot com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Short show today, one hour. Uh, Mariner baseball pregame starts at the top of the hour. Uh, Yankees going against the Mariners at 10 o'clock. Uh, let's go to Raider Jim. Hey, Raider Jim, how are you? I'm good, John. How are you? Hanging in there. Oh, good. Well, hey, congrats to Tom Flores and congrats to Charles Woodson that are making it in the Pro yeah. Football Hall of Fame this weekend. Thanks to you, John, and your colleagues for voting in, Mr. Flores. That's awesome. 
I know it's great. So happy yeah. for him. He's such a good guy. Did such a great job. Long overdue, but again, the only reason it's long overdue is because yeah, you know, we didn't have a coaching category. Sure. Category. Yeah, and you had a lot to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kudos to you, John. So get this, John. Kind of a surprise. It's a little bit of a story. My my cousin's here visiting from Colorado, right? And her boyfriend, uh, Bill, has a sister out in Cleveland, Ohio. That sister happened to be a Raiderette many years ago, and she married a guy named Bob Golick. Hmm. And she'd been telling me all this time that, you know, I should have Bob give you a call. Well, I get this call out of the blue from Cleveland, Ohio, and it's Bob Golick. Wow. How about that? <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, he was so great. You know, everyone knows Mike Golick. Yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike yeah. And Mike and all that stuff. But, you know, but I think, uh, and Bob is in the radio business, too, but just on talk radio, no sports or anything like right, that. Right, right, right. And, uh, I mean, the guy was a great player. He went to Notre Dame. And, uh, and uh, you know, the Golick family is phenomenal as far as their, you know, athleticism. Anyway, we start talking about this, that, and whatnot. He played alongside Howie Long mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, the guy had a mullet before anybody knew what that was. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we talked for 20 minutes, John. It was a really good conversation. And uh, then I put my uh, John Clayton hat on and tried to be objective, which is very hard for me because I'm such a Raiders fan. And I said, so before we get off the phone, I got one question for you. He goes, yeah, what's that? And I go, what was it like to work for Mr. Davis? Can you tell me Mr. Davis' story? And he says, well, probably probably the best story for me. First of all, he resurrected my career. Um, once he was with the Browns, I think he was, he was drafted by the Patriots and then went over to the Browns, mm-hmm. played reasonably well for them. I got beat by John Elway in that, uh, that famous game, uh, there at, uh, heroics by John Elway and the Broncos. But, uh, he comes over to the Raiders and he had four years and his first, uh, practice, he sees Mr. Davis out there and I go, what was he like? And he goes, well, he was, you know, he was pretty taciturn and he, and he comes up to me and he goes, Hey, Mr. Davis, how you doing? And, you know, Al didn't really like that very much. And so Howie had to pull him aside and said, and he said, hey, what are you doing? And and he, and he goes, I'm just saying hi. He goes, he knows who you are. Listen, this is the way it works around here. He talks to you before you talk to him. There you go. That's it. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting because, I mean, it's, it's about commensurate with how he ran that mm-hmm, team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought that was a really interesting story, John. That's great. Yeah, so – a lot, I know. Of, a lot of great memories from those teams. Story, you know? Yeah. So it was great. Uh, John, I just um, – uh, the other thing I want to – K.J. Wright, what's the story with that? Any, any new updates? No update because, again, he, he went in there, he had a visit, and then he left. They didn't give him a deal. And so what you wonder is one of two things. Do they not want to sign him or are they offering him such low money? And, again, it's like uh, uh, you, you can see it's like if it's a matter of money, he's not going to get it. I don't care if it's going to be Seattle. I don't care if it's going to be the Raiders. I mean, take a look at James Houston. I mean, James Houston's one of the best pass rushers that was on the street. He signed a one-year deal at $2.075 million. I mean, wow. you just you just watch the, the Raiders and what they signed Gerald McCoy. And I think what he's right. been to you know, three uh, three Pro Bowls and all that stuff. He got $1.3 million. That's the that's the market right now, particularly if you're 30 some years old and uh, you're heading toward the end of your career and you're and, and just street free agents are not getting any money. Right. Well, it's not like he can't play. I mean, no. he proved that last last year with the Seahawks. Had a great year. The guy can still play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a question, I think, of money. I don't think the Raiders can afford to pay him what he wants. To, what he what he wants. Well, if that's, if that's the case, the that's on line. him. That's not on the uh, the Raiders or the Seahawks. 
and I think they could use him, but I also think that the Raiders think that they 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 are going to be set at linebacker. Yeah, what do you what, what, they'd what, love what, to have him because he'd be a great asset. Right, he knows the Gus Bradley system. Mm-hmm. But what, what I mean, what do you like about uh, what the Raiders right now have at outside linebacker? Well, they've got Nicholas Morrow, right? Okay, and they and then they have uh, and then they have Corey Littleton, mm-hmm. and Corey Littleton seems to be thriving in this new defense. He right. doesn't have to think as much. He can just play, react, and you know he's he's more of a smaller type linebacker, where you need speed and you need coverage skills, and that was what he did well with the with the Rams when mm-hmm. he was with them, and that's why he. But he was misplaced in that Paul Gunther defense. Oh no doubt. I mean that uh, that de- the defense just didn't seem well. Again, it's like you want. It's, it's still talent. I mean, say what you want. They just haven't drafted well. No, they haven't. No, I, I mean, I would, I would agree with that. It, the, the drafts that they've had, now, the, the, the draft from 2019, mm-hmm. I think we're going to start to see the fruits of that labor this year. And if we don't, obviously they're not going to extend the contracts of those players that were all drafted in the first round. Uh, but I, I do think that they have uh, not drafted as well as they could have compared to other teams. There's no question about it, and that's the reason why they have the records that they've had over the last 20 years. Yeah. Well, and that's I mean, the thing. It's, it's like, okay, there. I mean, it's tough once you get to like twenty-two to thirty-two <clears throat> to be able to get <clears throat> good players and starters and guys you're going to keep because you know there's maybe two or three guys in that uh, twenty-two to thirty-three that end up being Pro Bowl type players. But remember, the Raiders haven't made the playoffs, and so they're drafting yeah. higher than that. Yeah. Uh- Believe me, John, uh, uh, we could go about, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of time today, we can go back and forth about all these draft choices. And they've, they've made some um, some interesting choices, although I think that they were wrongly uh, criticized for the Alex Leatherwood acquisition. They liked Leatherwood yeah. the year yeah. before he came out. He was an Outland Trophy winner. The guys won two national championships. He's played everything but center on that offensive line. And he comes in there, and they are very impressed with the fact that he's like he's like a veteran. In fact, right. John John Gruden said that he he's a veteran, and I mean they they feel very confident in him. And then Trevor Morig, the, mm-hmm. the the safety, they needed a safety that could be more responsible in the backfield, and not be as um not be as wild as Jonathan Abram has been out of position. Uh, someone who's a hitter and someone who can take authority and, and Allah. Earl Thomas for a Gus Bradley defense. Yeah. They really like him, and they got he was the highest-ranked safety on the board. They got him at a steal in the second round. Agreed. Hey, got, got to run. Okay, John, take care. All right, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Tara in Mercer Island. Hey, Tara. Hi, Mr. Clinton. How are you doing today? Good, and how are you? Good. What are your takeaways from training camp so far? Well, I, I just like the speed... <clears throat> of the uh of the offense i like the fact that uh you can see that uh you know with uh, the new offensive coordinator they're get, they're moving the ball well i mean they're running the outside zone runs and all those different things they look good the running backs look good uh you know you i know, I know that they had a bad day the other day on offense but you have to expect that because you know they went into practice and they were down their top three offensive tackles and so the defense had a good day. I like the fact that, uh, you know, right now, Akello uh, uh, Witherspoon looks good. That's encouraging because they needed him to kind of come in and do the best job of trying to replace Shaquille Griffin. I like the fact that, you know, on the defensive line, they have so many options. Like if Alden Smith, for example, is able to make the team and be able to play, I totaled up, there's 198.5 career sacks on that team, you know, from Carlos Dunlap. 50-some sacks for Alden Smith, 
20 plus sacks for Mensa Mayoa. I mean, they're in good shape because Dunlap is, you know, 87 and a half sacks. So there's a lot of sack opportunities that are going to be there. And that doesn't even count, uh, you know, Daryl Taylor, who missed all last year and didn't get a sack. I totally agree with you. And I saw in pro football focus that they were ranked 29. Yeah. And I totally disagree given the reasons you just stated. And I have been able to catch some glimpses of the practice and what, and I'm really intrigued by the offense too. What is different than the other times is that they're kind of moving Russell. They're not changing Russell's throwing angles, but they're moving him more up um, closer to the offensive line when yeah. he throws the ball. And I find that very interesting. And also the um, pre-snap, pre-snap um, moves are very interesting to me because one time it fooled me. I thought they were going to do a jet sweep, and actually he handed it off mm-hmm. to Chris Carson. So I'm very impressed with them so far. Yeah, no, I think that uh, you can see the creativity. And, again, it's just the model offense that everybody's copying right now. And for Russell, I think it works well I mean, because, you know, you like to have him throw deep, and he's still going to be able to throw deep because he's, he's got one of the best deep arms in the game. But also those seven-step drops can be just so dangerous because then you hold on to the ball too long, you end up getting sacks, you end up getting him hit, and uh, that's not good. But, no, I think this is a smart good offense and it should be good to watch i agree and also you talking about the other offenses they're utilizing the tight ends a lot more mm-hmm. and it's good to see them do that i'm also very interested to see how the third wide receiver will shape up because b was practicing a little bit yesterday yeah. but you also have freddie and you also have Freddie Swain and Penny Hart, so I'm wondering how that will shape up, too. Yeah, it looks like Freddie's starting to come on a little bit right now. That's what DK Metcalf was able to say, and so that's encouraging. And again, now they got uh, you know uh, Dwayne Eskridge on the field, so that's encouraging. Hey, Tara, thank you for the phone call. Thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Our weekly dose of the draw is coming up with Dave Grosby. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. It is time for our weekly dose of the Graz with Dave Grosby. And so this Yankee series so far where the Yankees have won their first two games, both very close games, uh, kind of a wake-up call. And again, it's kind of showing you that uh, as much advanced as the Mariners are this year, I mean, they're not as good as the Yankees, and they're not, probably not good enough to be a wild-card team. Contender, yes, but a wild-card team, no. Well, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's two very d- – and good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, two very difficult losses to the Yankees, and especially yesterday's, when um, you know you, you get a great start from Marco Gonzalez, yeah, maybe fantastic. his best of the year, going into the seventh, and and um, you know you don't manage to score against the, against the, the the guys the Yankees do out there at all, and you wind up losing it in next innings. Um, you know that that really was a, a well played playoff uh, you know atmosphere type of game, and the, you had this, the, the game before as well. But uh, the bottom line is what you said. You know, you've lost two. Now you can still go for a split, and you know we'll see what they can they can if they can manage that. And if you do, it's it's okay. 
But, um, you know, you get the feeling that, that they may look back on this series as, as being the one that got away because they certainly had their opportunities to win both those games. Yeah, what's your thoughts on Castillo? Because even though you, you can look at that trade that uh, Jerry Depoto made, you know, they get a second baseman who's done great in uh, Abraham Toro. Uh, that's Absolutely. looking good. Uh, but, boy, Castillo has been a disappointment since coming here. And, of course, you know, particularly knowing how popular Kendall Graveman and how good Kendall Graveman was with that 0.82 earned run average. And here's Castillo come in in the eighth inning and gets off to an 0-2 start and then walks three straight batters. Uh, you know, it's not fair, but um, he, he just looked... I was just reminded of Bobby Ayala out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he just he just was a, didn't didn't look comfortable. You know, when watching him yesterday after a couple of pitches, you're like, he, it just doesn't look like he has it. Now this is a guy who's pitched well against the Yankees before, so there's no reason to think that it was well. It was his first time in Yankee Stadium or anything like that. <clears throat> you know, being with the Rays, he he pitched against the Yankees before. He'd mm-hmm. been in that, those circumstances, so. Uh, I just was surprised to see the look. He didn't he didn't have his stuff. I mean, you know, Blowers pointed that out almost immediately in the broadcast. He, he wasn't throwing it as hard. His, his um, velocity was down a couple miles per hour on his fastball and on his breaking ball. But he just he just looked very uncertain and, and very unsure of himself. Uh, and of course, you know, gave up the home run in the other game and and uh, so far has not looked good. And you know, it, it's interesting that he was was not used in the eighth inning yesterday. He was used in the uh, excuse me was not used as the closer yesterday. He was used in the eighth inning and and uh, you know did not come through. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's a very small small sample set yet. But um, it, it, uh, it's not very it, it's a very very bad look so far. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I don't know. Uh, he's got to find a way to pull out of that because, again, he's so important for the team because, again, you know, they want him to be the closer. They traded for him to be the closer. And, uh, you know, Graveman did such a good job, even though, again, he wasn't out all these all the time in the closing situations. But, right. boy, he was out there consistently good. And right now, uh, Castillo has been inconsistently off. Yeah, it just hasn't been good. Just just was not good yesterday. And and the sort of thing, you, you know, you, 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 know, you want him for those – High leverage circumstances. He's been in them before, and um, now you're at a situation where, and, and I don't think Scott Service is going to judge everything off just the two no, outings, but no. you know, you don't really, you don't really trust him at this point, and that's that's not a good spot to be in. No doubt about it. One thing I mean, uh, I'll get into the big picture here in a second on this, but boy, yeah. they bullpen came in and a lot of walks. I know three by Castillo, but uh, you know, you see walk, 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 uh, and, which has got to be a little bit scary because you're giving the opponent, whether it's the Yankees or anybody else, guys to be on base. Well, especially scary with the Yankees. I mean, the lineup they have now is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, with LeMahieu leading off, and, and you know, thank thank goodness he's having an off year, and then you just go through murderer's row there oh. with, with Rizzo and Judge and, and uh, you know, it's just uh, Gallo. You know, to, to clean up at Santana. the end. Santana. Uh, yeah. Like... <laughs> I forgot about Stanton, right? Uh, you got yeah. Stanton as well, uh, you know, so that they've just got a tremendous lineup, which, which you certainly couldn't afford to pitch the way the Mariners pitched yesterday. But, you know, looking at the standings, John, they're, they're not out of anything yet. And, and like I said, they've still got a chance, you know, with the game this morning and tomorrow morning to split the series with the Yankees. Uh, and if they do that, it's it's a successful road trip. Uh, you return home, you play Texas for three more, then you get the Blue Jays in. And, and this year, unlike other years, there won't be fans streaming down from Canada at this point. So you're not going to be at a disadvantage like you often are in in, those, in that particular series. And then you're back on the road again, including games with the Astros and the A's. So 
uh, it's uh, definitely a, a telling month that's going on right now for the Mariners, and they're trying to trying to hang in there. And look, there's some bright signs too. I mean, I think Kelnick is looking mm-hmm. a, a whole lot better. Uh, you know, Cal Raleigh is looking better uh, at, at the plate. Uh, they their young guys are coming through for them at this point, and and you're also looking at a return of Kyle Lewis hopefully in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and of course, I mean the fielding has been fantastic. That's one thing that's been one of the highlights of how well they are for outfield catches and you know, infield stops and double plays and all those things. That's been real encouraging. By the way, back to the Yankees for a second. Yeah. Where do you kind of put that four man uh, murderer's row? You know, with uh, Rizzo and. Gallo at the back of it, and Stanton, and uh, uh, Judge. Judge. I mean, uh, where, where do you put that for you know four-man murderers row in the last couple of years? Uh, you know, we're still kind of getting used to seeing it, but it's uh, it's it, for for sheer size. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty imposing. Uh, it's uh, you know it's really good bats, really good hitters. Uh, you know, as you saw, I mean, Stanton got the key hit yesterday, and it was a hit. It wasn't the you know wasn't a home run wasn't swinging mightily and 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 you know just topping the ball off or something it was it was you know a guy taking a nice short compact swing for a hit so these guys are hitters are not just sluggers although Gallo might be a little bit of an exception to that but uh, it's a tremendous tremendous uh, power lineup and and again you know we're kind of soft soaping Lemayhu leading them off who's you know not having a great year but is a multiple time batting champ winner and and if he gets going I mean that lineup is going to be is going to be a, Tough, tough to deal with. So the Yankees' question is their pitching, and, and will that hold up for them? But they certainly have not got the lineup. No doubt about it. Now, on the big picture of baseball right now, which is yeah. it's such a – it's going through some different type of things. But the one thing that's amazing, and I, you know, the more I watch, uh, the more – it's like it just seems now almost so rare that uh, – yeah, you know, because again, some so many walks, so many strikeouts, so yeah. many sliders that uh, go for balls and all that stuff. That it's almost rare to be able to get a fly ball to the outfield, a pop up. You know, you can see certainly infield type uh, plays, but it's it's like it just seems it's like wow, look at that! Actually, somebody caught the ball in the outfield. I think for for me, John, when I look at it, and it was uh, brought up by a few people on Twitter last night. I mean, here you had. A classic pitcher's duel, yeah, right? Yeah. A 1-1 game in the ninth inning, and it was three hours and 30 minutes long. Oh, yeah. I mean, that you know, a, a 10-8 game I understand. A 1-1 game I don't understand. I don't understand why it takes so long to play. And it's, you know, part of it is, you know, guys going deep into counts and things like that. But, you know, it's um, it, it just they can't do anything to speed up the, the pace of play, it seems. And they've tried a variety of things, but that really jumped out last night is that, that here you got a game that's, that's low scoring and mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of pitching changes. None of those can be excuses for it. And yet uh, it took forever to play. Uh, so, um, you know, what you're talking about is just, you know, part of the home run or nothing mentality that, that the game has become uh, because of analytics and, and judging it. Uh, you know, you don't, you know, I, I don't, I, I long for things that don't happen anymore, John. I long for guys creating innings, running, you know, uh, you know, uh, bun- not, not so much bunting to advance runners all the time, but, you know, putting the game in motion at times, guys stealing bases, uh, you know, being aggressive on the base pass in general. And it's just things that, that don't numerically make sense. I understand why teams don't do them, so they don't. And, and I stick by the line that, I, that I've said that, you know, analytics have, have um, maybe helped understand baseball better for, for guys and, and uh, make owners run their teams more efficiently. But it's taken away from the from the pleasure of the game, the shift, you know, all those kinds of things have just taken away from from the overall enjoyment of the game. It, 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 
advanced analytics have not hurt, have not helped baseball. And watch out football, because the, the, I suppose they can do the same thing to football if they can do it to baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the one thing is with the uh, like last night, <laughs> the Yankees had two strikeouts and a guy stole from first to second in those two, at least on two strikeouts. And I know the Mariners tried to go and get a, a, a move to get to second base on a steal, and that was thrown out. And sometimes, right. you know, the Mariners, you know, as much as they try to uh, maybe do some extra running, I mean, you, you do have those mistakes uh, that end up getting outs. Well, when you don't do it very often, it, it winds up being being sticking out. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. it winds up sticking out, and that, that's that's kind of the case for them. No doubt about it. So it's like, uh, yeah, you can see it's like it's going to be a struggle uh, to be able to do it. But they've got to find some changes in baseball because you're right, the games are too long. I mean, many times it's too stagnant. It's almost boring at times to watch some of this stuff. Yeah, it's just the the, the game in motion stuff, the, the that sort of thing that, that it goes on some in the playoffs, but doesn't go on the regular season is is a problem that baseball's uh, still still wrestling with. They still haven't figured it out. Mm-hmm, no question about it. And so now it's a matter of trying to clean up the game and make it better. But again, this yeah, I mean, what what did the game go over four hours last night? Yeah, yeah, oh. for a, you know extra innings, and, and you've even sped that up with the runner at second base. And mm-hmm. and um, you know it wasn't a 15 or 16 inning game. It was it was 11 innings. But um, still, it's just uh, it, it, it's taking too long to play games, especially a game. I can understand a high scoring game, but I can't understand a game like that taking so long to play. And that's our Dave, weekly dose of the Gros with Dave Grosby. So, David, what do you have on the agenda today and tomorrow? Uh, well, uh, I like early morning baseball, John. Uh-huh. I won't lie to you. So I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching the game here and hoping the weather gets nice and, and enjoying some summer weather for two days. Well, that'll be great. I hope you enjoy the weekend and enjoy the game today. That's Dave Grosby. Thank you. Thanks, John. Okay, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Mariner baseball coming up at the top of the hour with the pregame and, of course, game at 10 o'clock against the Yankees. Let's go to Paul in Everett. Hey, Paul. Good morning, John. Good morning. Um, a couple of Seahawk questions yeah. for you. Um, I'm seeing the uh, the pass rush is a really critical part of our defensive performance, you know, as, as always. And I'm just wondering, what do you expect it to look like? this? I, I expect to see a lot of good things because, you know, there's more talent there, particularly if Alden Smith's able to make it because, I mean, you add his 54-plus career sacks, and then you have Kerry Hyder, who's had two good sack seasons, one in Detroit and one in San Francisco. I counted up the uh, the other day for a story on 710sports.com you might want to look at, is that, you know, if you take the total of, because, uh, you know, you go back a couple years ago, remember in 2019, they had Jadevian Clowney, yeah. uh, and they had yep. Ziggy Onsen. Ziggy was pretty much at the end of his career. He just looked terrible. Sure. And, you know, they, uh, you know, you can see that they had like about a total of like, 80, 80 sacks career-wise, 90 sacks, and, and Clowney had like three, and Ziggy had like two and a half, and they ended up with 28 right. sacks. All right, so then last year they start off slow because they didn't have enough career sack guys because Quentin Jefferson had left and all that stuff. And so 
they start slow, then they pick up Carlos Dunlap, who you know had over 80 sacks in his career, I think 82.5, 82.5, and all of a sudden you have Dunlap and you have Alden Smith. I counted up career sack wise, they have 198.5 sacks. Whoa! I mean that's yeah. that's pretty impressive because now what you're looking at is that they have a chance to uh, you know have a great rotation and whoever you put in there, and this doesn't even count. Uh, Daryl Taylor, who didn't play last year and obviously didn't get a sack. I mean, they have a lot of options right now for sacks. And then you watch how they finished because, again, they had 28 sacks in 2019. They ended up with 46 sacks last year and finished the season as one of the right. better sack teams in the league. I think that you know people are totally underestimating what they can do with their pass rush. Where do you think the defensive line might rank in the NFL? Uh, I mean, you know, it's because, uh, you know, Dunlap, as good as he's been, has been to Pro Bowls and all that stuff. I mean, he's older, so he's not going to be a Pro Bowl guy. And so you're not looking at any Pro Bowl guys right now. But I think it has a chance to maybe be top 13, top 12. Wow. Okay. And which is, again, Um, I mean, particularly with the way they finished the season and the way that Dunlap played. They were great last year at the end of the season. Yep. They really were, and it was quite a, quite a switch. It was an amazing year where the offense and defense kind of traded places, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in performance-wise. Um, then, then you also think, you, you also think, okay, oh, but you, you also think about the idea that, you know, they added two former number one picks, you know, Alden Smith, we'll see if he's going to be able to be available, and Robert Kandici, right. who was a former first-round pick, and many considered him to be one oh. of the better defensive tackles in that draft. Do we have a good edge rusher? This year, I just talked about that. 190. Those are edge rushers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean 198.5. Okay. Wow. Wow. Hey, Paul. Thank you for the phone okay. call. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's go to Irish Mankey. Irish Mankey, how are you? Hello, Mr. Clayton. We're gonna hurry, hurry here. So first of all, great day for you in the man cave, huh? You got that air conditioning off, maybe? Uh, no, I got it still on. In fact, uh, I'll go upstairs and get under the covers and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's like uh, it has – I'm glad it's chilled down because it was way too hot. That's what I'm saying. It, it's it's kind of, you know, down here at Elliott Bay, it's very cool and calm and breeze, and it's uh, hazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but, Mr. Clayton, Irish recruiting is on fire this year. And ranked number three behind Penn State, Alabama, Notre Dame. And the big news this week was – the Irish came into Washington and got the number two player in the state, Tobias Merriweather from Union High in Camas, Washington. Hmm. Wide receiver, big, tall kid like they've had in the past, uh, recent years, going into the NFL, and this kid can fly. Wow, how about that? How about that? That's right. Where are the Huskies, Mr. Clayton? Uh, I've been. I've they're losing players. That's where they're at. Yeah. Well. Whoops. All right. Well, I'll let you go because it's a busy day for you. Okay. Have a great day, and uh, Mrs. Clayton, you take care too. Okay. Thank you. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Chris in Everett. Hey, Chris. Hey, John. Hey, you know, I was just wondering about like the um, college now the college the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it like what the pack, the pack 12, I mean, not the pack 12. Yeah. I mean, I mean the playoffs or whatever. Yeah. How, now, how does it go? Do you think you might go to like a wild card? Or yeah. Like what, the, what, what, the, what they're going to do is, by? yeah. I mean, you know, four, 
there's going to be How four. Does that work? The, 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 they're going to rank them, right? And so the top yeah. four all get the uh, you know pretty much going to be out of the uh, power five, but the top four are going to get bye weeks to start everything else. And then of course you know depending on where you rank among the eight, then you're going to get you know like uh, one you know f- uh, four through or five through uh, eight is going to be home games. And so that's the way that's going to work. So I'm just glad they expanded it because four was just way too small. And now yeah. at least they have a chance to get you know all the Power Five conferences in there. You get wild cards. You get everything else. And so I think that's good. Mm. So, anyways, hey, that's all, John. Hey, you have a nice weekend. You okay. And your wife. Hey, thank you so much. And, of course, uh, thank everybody. And, of course, next week we'll be back with the full show from 8 to 11. And, of course, Mariner baseball coming up next. Important couple games here against the Yankees. You know, the Mariners have lost two in a row. Big day yesterday for Buffalo because they were able to get Josh Allen to a uh, six-year, $258 million deal, $48 million, or $43 million a year. That was huge, and so that's going to be. But, uh, again, get ready now for Mariner baseball as they get ready to take on the Yankees. And, again, great pitching last night by Marco Gonzalez. And now they just got to get the bats going. And, of course, we'll see how they go. And, of course, get ready for that. This is the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.